This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, uh, welcome back to the program. Welcome to Hour 2. Just a quick note here. uh, If it hasn't been announced already, uh, expect that MTU, Toronto Metropolitan University, will host the uh, U Sports Men's National Hockey Championship next season. That'll be March 2024 at the Madame Athletic Centre. And for those that don't know, that is the uh, the former Maple Leaf Gardens. And this is one of, uh, if not maybe, the best hockey facility in all of you sports. So uh, congratulations to MTU there. And a quick glance at the uh, the top 10 in U sports for hockey this week. Uh, UNB, number one. Alberta G-Bears, number two. UQTR at number three. And I go all the way down the list. There is no... Guelph and there is no Western, much to my chagrin and Elliot Friedman's from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada as well. How are you doing today, Freach? Well, I would say that I'm happy Guelph is not there, so at least there is some happiness for me. I don't see any I don't see any purple here. I got Calgary Dinos in at four, Windsor Lancers at five, the Huskies of Saskatchewan at six. I'm I'm not seeing you know, actually TMU is at, at number eight. That's a really good program there. Uh, I'm not seeing any purple here, Freach. Well, it's obvious that there's a terrible group of voters. That's 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 the only thing that can explain it. <laughs> the one thing that is a consistent Gardner McDougal's team at UNB is always a always a powerhouse. As are the G Bears. Um, in the meantime, so I, I asked Andrew Raycroft this a couple of moments ago. Did you see the uh, the clip that someone sent us on Twitter about goalies changing on the fly? Did you see this, Freeman? I haven't had a, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I saw it's there. I, I saw okay, it there. I'm, so, I'm actually I'm driving right now, and I actually, you know, I'm trying not to get too many distracted driving tickets. Yeah, good good idea. Two hands on the uh, on the wheel. So just to fill you in, so on the podcast, folks, yesterday Elliot and I had a, an email from someone asking about is it allowed for goalies to change on the fly like players? And the answer is yes, it is. But Elliot and I were wondering if it had ever happened before. Someone because everybody on Twitter is smarter than me and Elliot, sent us a clip yep. of 1992, Pittsburgh Penguins, New York Rangers. This would have been, I think, a game in either March or April. Uh, the Penguins take the puck down the ice. Ken Reggett is in net, and he changes on the fly with Wendell Young. Jim Houston is actually calling the game and remarks upon it, like, oh, my goodness, like the goaltenders have changed. Uh, Scotty Bowman was the coach, so right now... You know, I, I know you love it when uh, when we get homework from our listeners. Right now, I'm yeah. uh, uh, back and forth with Ken Reggett, uh, uh, just texting back and forth, trying to get the story on this one. But it, it has happened, Elliot. And it was Ken Reggett and Wendell Young uh, that did it, and Scotty Bowman would have been the head coach. I don't think it should surprise anybody that this was something that Scotty Bowman did. No, and I thought if anybody would have done it, it would have been Roger Nielsen because he was notorious for that kind of stuff, Yes, finding those kinds of things. Yes. Now, there's another tweet. Again, I haven't looked at it because I'm driving, uh, but when I was getting into my car, I think it mentioned something about Mike Keenan doing it. I have to look at it. But I, I should say, Jeff, like, you deserve the credit for this because you're the one who reached out to the referee and asked for clarification on the rules. So I deserve no credit for this. You deserve the credit for this. You did the legwork. I uh, I sent the text. Ooh, so onerous. I'll take the rest of the week off. Uh, the thing about you Keenan should. is, I, I mean, you should. I, I, you I don't. Should. I don't it's know. Very if, hard. 
It's a, it's a really challenging job. Uh, it could be worse. I could have to work for a living. The thing about Keenan is, Freach, I could see Keenan yanking goaltenders nonstop. I don't know about, like, I don't know that I, I don't know that there was a coach that delighted more in pulling goaltenders than Mike Keenan. Can you, th- can you think? Of oh, him? yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anybody was like that. The stories Healy used to tell are, are hilarious about him. That was, there were some great, great stories about the stuff that he tried with uh, Healy and, and yeah. Richter. Uh, I believe it. All for the book. All for the book. Um, was mentioning the top of hour one, so we'll sort of reset here. Um, Thanksgiving week is always an interesting one. Um, yeah. And we, there's no there's no games Thanksgiving Thursday. Uh, there's ten tonight, fifteen on Wednesday. Four on cool. Friday. There are 17 teams that play four times this week, and you know the dreaded four-game week around NHL. Like if you're a if you're playing on the AHL team for any of these 17 teams, pack an extra bag um, because mm-hmm. we know the, the the nature of playing four games in a week. Um, but also, and I'm going to ask you about Islanders and Leafs here because I know you were at the skate. But you know this is this is the beginning of teams really getting a handle on who the teams are what they have, what they need, and now let's start to execute some type of plan, correct? Well, I think, you know me, I actually go earlier than this, and I'm, I'm, I'm writing for tomorrow, and I'm just, uh, I, I'm going to put the, uh, I'm, I'm putting together some notes together on my November 1st numbers, uh, but I think that this is like I know there's a lot of uh, people who've been around a bit longer than me in terms of formulating their thoughts, and they go with U.S. Thanksgiving, and they feel that U.S. Thanksgiving is is a real true barometer. Like I think the toughest things right now is is that there's so many teams in LTI, Jeff. It's 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 really hard to make moves, but I do think there are some teams that are really looking out there, like Ottawa. I think is really looking hard out there to try to find a D. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, as we mentioned on the pod, I've heard some Pittsburgh uh, lately last last few days that they're even though they just had a really good road trip, um, they're they're still looking at some things. Um, uh, you know, Anaheim is one that's kind of started to creep into me a little bit. That you know, he's got a lot of people kind of out there looking to see what's what's available. I do think the talk is starting to pick up. I just, there's so many teams, Jeff, and LTI. I, I think it makes it yeah. really, really hard. Really hard. You, uh, you had mentioned on Saturday as well that after U.S. Thanksgiving, I don't know, about maybe pick up or, you know, hit, hit a whole new pace or, you know, uh, get down to rolling up sleeves and, uh, and roll and and, uh, and getting out pens, but the Ottawa Senators sale is expected to to pick up and, yeah. and gather some steam after U.S. Thanksgiving. What's uh, what's the latest? What do you hear? What do you know? Well, I actually went back and I watched uh, some of uh, Bruce Garriock's stuff today. Um, I had heard that it would ramp up after U.S. Thanksgiving, which is this week, as you mentioned. Uh, he thinks that December first is is going to be the 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 unofficial start date or official start date, I guess whatever you want to call it. So the the, the timeline links up. I had heard that they wanted to kind of know who was the leader or the likely person or group by the middle of January, because that way there's enough runway to 
work on the deal with the governments about the downtown arena, um, everything else that needs to get done. Um, so I think that timeline is, is he presented it is, has got a few more details than what I'd heard, but it, it, it is, it is consistent with what I have heard, Jeff. And um, so I, I think this is about to really ramp up. You know, there, there's some fun stuff about this. Um, you know, the, the Ryan Reynolds and his interest. And I, and I do think that's very legit. I, I think the league sees this as something that is good for the NHL. And clearly he wants a part of it. And I, I do think he's meeting with some various groups I heard there was at least one scheduled for this week. And ultimately, like one of the things I'm really curious to see about here is, is he going to go with a particular group or is it, or is the league going to work on the process to say, look, if, if your bid wins, we'd like you to have Ryan Reynolds as part of your group. So I'm curious to see how that is all going to play out. Um, you know, you and I, uh, thanks to Ron, and who can do it only the way that Ron does it. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, people asking if we were talking about the weekend, and I, I don't know where that's going to go. But like, you know, that his name yeah. is out there. Um, he has, um, he has, not him specifically, but the people in his orbit have a lot of Ottawa area connections. I think this is actually a really interesting story about how, um, you know, Reynolds with, uh, with one public statement on Jimmy Fallon's show has, has kind of kicked up a lot of positive energy. And now do we start to see more of this? Do we start to see ownership groups involved in teams courting more, courting more of this? Um, you know, Seattle's done it. Um, now it looks like Ottawa could be doing it. Um, I, I think it's interesting and fascinating. It's clearly fun for the audience. Like, if you look at the social media commentary around this stuff, the, the fans like it. So I, I'm not surprised at all that since the fans like it, the NHL is kind of glomming onto it. Why not? I, I'm just interested to see where all this goes and if this becomes more than just a, a one-team thing. You know, I'm uh, I, I, I'm not surprised at all to see musicians get involved. Um, the the one thing in talking to like, in talking to athletes, you know, it's been said before: all athletes want to be rock stars, and all rock stars want to be athletes. There is such a sort of nat- a natural cross pollination between the two. To be quite honest with you, Elliot, I know that you know the you know the the finances may not be on board, but I've always wondered why more musicians who just love sports and if I mean, maybe the, the commonality here is you know much like you know athletes and musicians aren't you know musicians or athletes are more like professional travelers they all spend their their days and nights on the road um i'm actually i've actually been more surprised than not that more musicians don't get involved in even just a tiny you know, minimal capacity in sports ownership we've seen them you know wearing jerseys and hats and you know uh, getting into sports i'm actually shocked that more musicians Drake, don't get involved to, the to global ambassador well, i mean drake's an obvious one right like to me yeah. that was such a brilliant play and one that was you know that was seamless um you know we've seen with the seattle kraken like to me it just seems like a, a natural crossover that just to be place to, to restate i'm just surprised that it hasn't happened more often but it seems if maybe this might be a thing 
now, even just from a marketing point of view, even to have like, you know, you know, I, I know that once upon a time, you know, Justin Bieber considered, you know, kicking tires. This is a long, when, when Melnick was still alive, kicking tires yes, that's on, right. on ownership of teams like the Ottawa Senators. So like it, it has happened. I can just, I can just see it happening more free. And I, I, I think you're kind of on the same page there as well. You know, uh, you know, I, I talked about this with uh, with a governor on on uh, yesterday, and you know, one of the things that he was saying to me is that one of the challenges is is that leagues and teams they want people. If you're going to get a percentage of it, you have to put in real money. And there's some people that they they and I'm not I'm not talking about anybody in particular, but he just told me that there are some people whether they're protective of their money, which is fine, like there's nothing wrong with that, or the people around them are very protective of their money, sometimes they feel that it should be given to them or they should have the price at a discount. And the leagues and the teams are very serious about, no, if we're going to do this, there, there has to be a minimum. Like I heard, I don't know if this is true, but I heard it from a couple places, and he said every situation is it might not be the same, but I've heard that there's a, someone said to me, they heard that if you want to do that, it's like a minimum $5 million. You have to come up with a $5 million commitment and not everybody wants to do that. Some people, you know, they just, for whatever reason, they're not comfortable. Fine. But I think that's one of the issues, Jeff, is that the teams don't just want to give away, Oh, you're a big celebrity. Here's your piece of the team. It's like, we really want you here. We want you to promote with us, but your money has to be legit. And not everybody does that for obvious reasons. Interesting. Uh, okay, to a few things. Okay, so Islanders and Maple Leafs skate. Uh, I mean, I know there's you know news about you know the disappointment that uh, the Maple Leafs have about the progress of TJ Brody. Uh, what's coming yes. out of Leafs camp and what's coming out of Islanders camp today? Well, as usual, very little is coming out of Islanders camp. Uh, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> shocking. Uh, uh, no, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, I have to, I have to tell you, like there, there still is something about these two teams playing against each other. I, I think these two teams, like, uh, you know, Matt Martin and Marner are tight, uh, you know, Tavares, um, you know, obviously he's always wired to play as his former team, you know, it's Sorokin tonight. I'm always excited to see that. Um, you're right. The Brody thing is a big deal. I, I think he's probably, you know, he's quietly a very valuable player. Not only is he not playing, but he's also not going on the road trip. I don't know if there's anything that was uh, earth-shattering earth uh, at this at, at this skate this morning. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you this. One of the things that I think is starting to become a thing. Oh, we should mention Shalgren is starting tonight. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I, one of the things that's definitely starting to become a thing is, is this Nick Robertson situation. And, um, you know, Keith was asked about him not playing again. His kind of response was, I don't want to talk about this every day. Um you know that that always raises eyebrows. Although, again, I I'm sure he doesn't want to answer. He's being honest. He doesn't want to talk about this every day, <laughs> but it kind of raises eyebrows. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Shane Wright and not playing, and now he gets the AHL 
uh, conditioning stint, which he needs. But I, I, like I'm watching this and I'm wondering what's what's going on here. Like it's like look, they're winning. I, I get it, um, but you know this this doesn't make a lot of sense. Like it's not well, everything what, adds what up. What complicates here. what what. What what complicates all of it for me is, it's not like he has to clear waivers. Yeah, like you can just you can just you can just send him down if you're not gonna play him. Like what do we always say about young players, Elliot? They need games. These kids play. need games. All these guys need games. Play. I mean, what what have yeah, we been? There's... You know, everybody like going on about about you know mentioned Shane Wright. Games. He needs games. He needs games. That's the same thing with Nick Robertson. I don't. I like many of us. I'm. I'm scratching my head at this one. Well, it, it's clear there. There's something. There, there's. There's. There's got to be parts of this story that we don't know yet. And I'm not suggesting anything nefarious or anything like that. But there's clearly more than meets the eye than what to, to what's going on here. Because you're right. It, it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. Is what I would say. Uh, okay, Leafs and uh, Le- Leafs and Islanders. Um, the first memory that I have of these two teams is 1978. Uh, oh, the yeah. opening round. I think it was the opening round. Opening round of the playoffs. Uh, one moment that has been completely lost, com- like completely lost. In history, which is weird because Toronto Maple Leafs history, as we all know, is you know you know blown up and 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 blown out for everybody to to relive and relive. Before Lanny McDonald scores on Chico Rash, and we've all seen that goal tons and tons of of times, eliminating the the powerhouse New York Islanders. Mike Palmatier made a save on Billy Harris, point blank in OT. Yeah. Everyone's thinking, okay, that and it's maybe the best save of Mike Palmatier's career. And whenever I ask anybody about this, people that were alive for it, people that, that watched it live, they all say, yeah, I don't remember that. I just remember Landon McDonald scoring on Chico. It's one of the biggest saves in, you know, in, in, in the maybe in Maple Leafs playoff history, considering the ramifications of what happens if Palmatier doesn't make that save. That's my earliest recollections of the Islanders and the Maple Leafs mixing. Do you have a memory to add to that one? Well, I mean, it what it didn't get a lot of. First of all, you're right. Like that's the that's those are the plays that everybody remembers from Toronto Islanders of a certain vintage. But you know, people forget Toronto and the Islanders had a seven game series. Geez, what year was it, Jeff? Was it 2000? Was it 2001 when Peter Laviolette was still oh. coaching the Islanders? And that was Is that the as one where, like, mean it, it, as serious. Eric, oh, Eric Karen's terrified everybody. That one and Corson and Karen's oh. and oh, that one. Well, that was of? the one where Corson had the kick, yes, and he got suspended for Game Seven. And the Leafs still won it. Like that was that was a nasty, and the Leafs won four at mm. home, and the Islanders won three on the road. I remember Steve Webb, like he drove the Leafs bananas in that series. Crazy, yes. Like, ab- Yes, absolutely did. bananas like it was that was a mean mean series mean series mm-hmm. i remember that one too that's 
Those two teams have always mixed that way. Um, did you get a chance to talk to or or, or uh, mix in at all with Matthew Barzell this morning? Briefly. Briefly, yes. He was the two most popular guys I saw in there were Barzell and uh, Matt Martin. Well, to your point about, you know, Martin Martin back, but he's with Martin, but Barzell, who just scored two goals against Dallas, uh, first, I mean, it was inevitable. I mean, his his volume of shooting is up. You knew it was going to happen eventually. Um, but he was the uh, he was turning into the anti-Cy Young guy. I'm I I know we've talked about this lots, but the Islanders are in Toronto and I I want to say this again about Matthew Barzell. I think the whole league is missing out on a great opportunity with this guy. Not only is he a great player and he really looks unique as well. Like when you look at how Barzell plays, like I've always tried to make the point, Elliot, that I think he's the closest thing the NHL has right now to Denny Savard. Like, you know, those old highlights, you, you watch him when Savard just like circles around the zone. And I know the Kaprizov does that as well. And that looks spectacular for Minnesota, but you watch the way Barzell with the wide stance and just glaring, glaring, looking for the pass, looking for the play, mm-hmm. like, man, that looks like Denny Savard. That looks like Denny Savard to me. Elliot, one, he's a great player. He's a great personality, fashion-forward guy, the whole deal. I look at Barzell and I say, ah, missing a huge opportunity here. Yeah, I I, I understand that. Like, I think the one thing is, like, you know, we were talking a little bit about the interview from Vegas where he was dynamite. He was so good in that interview. Um, I I think the thing is that he, he... it's it's not all I like I'm with you on this. I think he's got a magnetic personality and he's fantastic to deal with. And I, I think the thing is too is that he's there, right? He's committed. So he's on Long Island. And that I, I think that's gonna make him even more popular a guy, especially out there. I, I just think the team needs to have a bit more success before that can happen. I mean um, you know, I, I think it's hard to start becoming a, a media darling uh, before your team is had some sustained success. And I think once that happens, it'll naturally come with him. Um, you know, they, they they had a tough loss the other night to Dallas. You know, I think that's a really good team. I think Dallas is really good, even though he scored yeah. the two goals. Yeah. I, I just think at the end of the day, Jeff, the, the success – it has to come first. And I think he would kind of see that. Uh, and I think he would probably feel the same way. So I think once the Islanders rise, I, I think Barzell's going to be all over the place. He's too, he likes it. Like you can tell, he, he, he really likes it. it. He likes he the vibe play. He likes to talk. You know, he like, like, uh, like you know, what? I, I would love to hear him and Matthews talk about some of this stuff. Because I think they, I mean, he's more outgoing than Matthews is, but I think they're on the same wavelength in a lot of the ways they think. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, He's a Vancouver guy. Let's get to the Vancouver Canucks. So they'll play Vegas tonight. Uh, They've got Vegas again on Friday. They've got Colorado on Wednesday. They've got San Jose on Saturday. It's a four-game week for the Vancouver Canucks, and I don't know how you feel, but I, I, I still just feel like, we're waiting for the inevitable, and then when it happens, we'll all say, well, if this was the plan all along, why didn't you do it earlier? Uh, Vegas tonight, Colorado Wednesday, Vegas Friday, San Jose Saturday, four-game week. Your thoughts on the Vancouver Canucks now? 
Well, you know, it's funny. I, I got some interesting pushback actually this morning. I got a call from someone, uh, uh, Jeff, who said that they're not really in a race to do anything. And it doesn't mean that they're not considering things. It, it doesn't mean that they're not looking into options. But now watch. We'll hang up and they'll do like a 13-player trade that's going to make <laughs> me look like a complete doofus. Uh, but someone said to me that they're, yeah, they're taking stock on what's out there, but they're not really in a race to do anything. And, um, mm. you know, they, they, they still have, they, they still have time uh, to do, uh, to, to make some decisions. I think they recognize, you know, where they are in the standings. I, I think they've had some conversations, uh, potentially about what they might want to do coaching wise, but I, I'm not convinced they've made any offers. Um, I think they've had conversations about what they might want to do trade-wise, but they're not hurrying anything. Like, you know, you and I, we talked about the the Myers for Zaitsev thing, and I, and I just think that was that kind of fell apart on what could happen around the, around the two players. Um, but like I said, like I, I had someone who said to me this morning, says that, yeah, there's there's a lot of talk here, but doesn't mean that we're or, or actually it wasn't even someone in there it's it, there it doesn't mean that they're in a race to do anything and uh i uh, i thought that was interesting i think they i think they realize they don't have to rush and one of the things that i i think they feel is that sometimes in the past there have been rush decisions that have taken them longer to get out of so if it takes them a little bit longer to decide um, but they think the end, end result is smarter. They're they're ready to do that. Uh, let's finish up on um, on the Oilers and the Devils. So on uh, Rogers Monday Night Hockey, we have the Maple Leafs and the Islanders pregame seven o'clock Eastern. Puck drops just after seven thirty. Sportsnet One East Ontario and Pacific uh, on Sportsnet Oilers. This may be oh, this. And there's a lot of good games tonight, but this is this is yeah. one of them. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers and the New Jersey Devils. And I know we joked about it, and the fans ended up chanting, sorry, Lindy. And we had wondered yeah. if they would chant, re-sign Lindy. Considering where they're at right now, and this winning streak has, I don't want to say guaranteed, but maybe all but guaranteed that the New Jersey Devils have put themselves in a position where the playoffs are most likely going to be a reality, barring a... You know, monstrous. It would take a major here, collapse. It would be a major it would collapse just, it, not to get in. Yes. Do the new are the New Jersey Devils in a position now where they probably do have to re-sign Lindy Ruff? Well, I, I, I mean, I don't know how you'd argue against it. I, like, I think to me, the only question is: Is there any reason he wouldn't want to do it? And I don't, and, and I'm not saying that from any position of knowledge. I'm just like, you know, does does he ever want, like, does he ever reach a point where, you know, he's been doing this for um, 25 years, um, you know, d- d- would he ever say, and I haven't asked him this, but I'm just listening to your question. The only thing, the only thing that would make me say is like, here's a guy in his 60s who just says, you know what, it's it's time to retire and be a dad and i don't know if he has grandkids be a grandkid or 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 go back to well and go back to wherever he's going to live i mean that's the only way i could see it jeff um 
other than that, I you know I, I I don't know how you could argue against it. He's done like you know what the, the thing that says to me about him is is that I, I remember when when he started, he was like a bit of a taskmaster, and he was in Buffalo for a long time. Oh yeah, and the state. The Sabres players said that they saw a change in him. Like, they saw that as time went on, he realized he couldn't have the same approach, and you, and he changed. And I had people tell me with this job in the Devils, he was a bit of a different person. Like, like one of the things that someone told me is that he doesn't have a lot of rules. And, and a lot of his rules they make sense. Like basically comes down to be professional. Like he's not like this guy who says, I have 96 rules. You better follow them. (laughs) And also the, the, like he he doesn't have a lot of rules and they all make sense. The other thing, someone, the other thing is he's, he clearly works for a team that embraces analytics. So on some level he has to, too. Right. So like I, I see somebody there who clearly has and you have to from 1997 when he was hired to now this is a person who's evolved who changed who's, who's adapted some different ideas like to me that that's that, that's that's success that's coaching that's evolving so i guess the only way I, the only thing i'd say jeff is my only question to why it would be no is is there any reason he wouldn't want to mm-hmm. do it and, and at this point as i say this i have no reason to believe that uh, this is one of a number of excellent games tonight. The Bruins and the Bulls. You think the Oilers do it? You think they break? You think they break the streak, Jeff? You picking the Oilers tonight? I hope not, because my my, my in, I'm trying to run the table in November for the in-season Stanley oh, Cup. Oh yeah, right. I just want to leave like every, I just want to dust dust everybody here. Um, but I think Aaron Ambrose has. Does Aaron have the Oilers? She does. She, she has the Oilers. Oilers. Yes, she does. She, she does. Okay, yes. if I'm going to lose to anyone right now, the Team Canada has gone through a couple of really tough ones with Team USA. So if anyone's going to beat me, I don't want you to beat me. I don't want Bacoskas to beat me. If Ambrose wins this thing tonight and her Oilers beat my Devils, I'm okay with that. I'll be I'll be all right with yeah. that. But that's it. With that She's answer, Jeff. One. I'm nominating you for the Nobel Peace Prize. That's that's very nice of you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'll I'm, see you uh, at nice the ceremony in Norway. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, keep a keep a seat hot for me. All right. Thanks, Frege. Enjoy the rest of your night or day, rather. All right, Merrick. Have a good day, bud. I'll uh, I'll get you that answer when I talk to Reagan at the top of the hour. Fascinating. Goalies changing on the fly. All right, that's Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts uh, in Hockey Night in Canada.